Blog Talk Radio. Exactly. You know, 
go go out there and find it up for yourself. Um, yeah, let's just get to it, bro. We got quite the vicious show. Um, I want to hit on like you know stuff from what happened to Earl in the week. Earl, I should. Clemson, the most supposed to be the most ballyhooed matchup of college football week three was Clemson Louisville. You know, mm-hmm. game day was in Louisville, Kentucky. They had a blackout at John at Papa John Stadium. You know, Louisville came out all hype. It made it was a chance to people say this was a chance for uh, uh, to, um, to show his. It's this post Heisman stuff in a, in a bid to win back to back. Anything but. I mean, dude went 21 of 47. I think we pulled up the stats on him. Put 21 of 42, I should say. Only passes. Two or for three touchdowns. But they were but they were totally 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 dominated, dude. It's like yes. 47 on him. And despite the fact that it was a 20. Six point ass whooping. It did the the final score didn't really give justice to how one side of this game was. Clemson took this thing from start to finish, basically. I mean, yeah. they they endured an early touchdown from Lamar Jackson's tackle one at that. But dude, I mean, you know they 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 held Louisville to just twenty four minutes of time possession, outgained about almost two hundred, and. I mean, and, and you know, you know, the thing is, even though like Louisville gained 400 yards of offense, over 400 yards of offense, most of that came with garbage time, mind you. Clemson still had over six 600. In, in matter of fact, they had 613 total yards exactly, and mm-hmm. they just dominated this thing from start to finish. It, it was, it, it was just a thing of beauty if you're a Clemson Tigers fan. So all I have to say is this. What I'm trying to say is this, I should say. It's the way Clemson first three weeks of the season. Curve stuff in Louisville. Stuff that came to life out of Auburn, who I think is a great Auburn. I mean, not great Auburn team, a damn good Auburn team. I think Auburn's going to win at least nine games this year. Same with Louisville, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, and, you know, I, I just the way they've looked with a, I think, redshirt sophomore, or is he a true sophomore quarterback in Kelly Bryant? Um, I think he might be a redshirt sophomore. Okay, there you go, redshirt sophomore. So that means he's technically a junior. Um, it just, it, it just, they just look so dominant. That defensive front for Clemson is hellified, hellified. They got some dudes, man. I bet that four. All four defensive linemen in two years will be drafted no later by no later in the second round. They yeah. just they're just that deep. I mean, eleven sacks against um, uh, I think they had seven against Louisville. I mean, could it could, could just be honest and just come out and say, "Damn, all these Bama fans and SEC fans and like a, in this in this wonderful country of ours, can we just say that Clemson is the best team?" After I know it's all for three weeks. Can we just say that they're the the best now? Can we just say that and get it over with? <laughs> well, I mean, you've already you already said it. You already said it. And you know, I'm not one of those guys that whenever I do my rankings, mm-hmm. that my rankings are influenced. Well, I take that back. My college football rankings are a little bit influenced based upon what happened the year before. The guys that are right. returning and how they perform. But as of right now, one of the things you could go ahead and just about throw out of the window is the guys that have have returned. Because Mm -hmm. Clemson went ahead and lost eight guys, eight starters on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. They started the season ranked about eight or ninth. But what they've done so far in terms of their resume, beating Auburn and Louisville back-to-back, Mm-hmm. And, and well, they didn't score a lot of points against Auburn, but they held Auburn to six, and they destroyed Louisville. Forget about right. those twenty-one points; they destroyed Louisville. You can go ahead and say that they have a better resume as of right now, in terms yeah. of where we are in the football season, than Alabama. That that can easily be said. So yeah, even though I didn't rank them number one, 
it, it was a tough decision not to do so. And if, right. if, if things might change as of next week, I don't know. And I know I'm going to get laughed at when I do it. But, you know, if, the way Clemson is looking and as impressive as they looked, especially against Louisville, it, you, you can easily say that they should be number one in the nation right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, granted, I mean, people go to this point to, oh, Alabama did against Florida State. Oh, look what they did. Yes, they beat a good Florida State team. Florida State at the time was yeah. ranked third. They lost. I mean, granted, it was all before they lost uh, um, DeAndre Francois, which is so unfortunate because I thought I thought Florida State was going to be one of them, those teams as well. And they still mm-hmm. might be. I mean, I don't know how this yeah. freshman quarterback is going to be, but – they still have a hell of five defense. They got some dudes too now. They they, they have some mm-hmm. outstanding skill players on offense. They have a, a bottom five running back in Cam Akers, and the front mm-hmm. seven is among the best in the nation as well. And yeah. you saw how 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 much they were flying around the ball against Alabama. And you know they they're still those dudes. I mean, so time will tell how they'll do. I mean the I mean they're so set up man on offense. Florida State is. Is they don't have to worry too much about the quarterback. What I mean is that they have the skillful players surrounding him. It's just that they yeah. get get the damn offensive line together. But outside of that, they still they still can win nine to ten games. That's still they're part of ten games. They're, that's how talented Very they true. are. That's how great, well coached that they are, Jimbo Fisher. But getting back to Alabama and Clemson again, I know it's after three weeks, but. Alabama just hadn't impressed me offensively. I mean, if you can mm-hmm. stop the run, if you can stop the – I mean, Alabama's so damn deep at, at running back. It's just scary. If you can stop the yeah. running game, you have a legit shot of beating them if, as long as you can throw the ball in the air, as long as you can have a great passing game. That's what beat them against – gave them fits against Clemson the last two years. Any team that can throw the ball against them, they. I mean, that's what – that's what uh, – Ohio State did against Alabama two years ago in the college uh, football player uh, playoffs. They mm-hmm. gassed them in here, and which led to uh, which allowed Ezekiel Elliott to do his thing uh, on the ground against them. But I, it's going to be interesting for Clemson. They got they, they like they have like some um, a tomato can they're playing this week at Boston College before mm-hmm. they head on the road to Stadium to take on Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech yeah. is. is very, very good. I mean, very sneaky I mean, the good, way yes. they beat, yeah, exactly. I mean, the way they beat a, who I think is still a, a damn good West Virginia squad in week one, the way they did, um, they're, they're, they're that team too. They're that team too. So if if I think both teams, because they both played the Mayor Kansas did, uh, this week, I think, uh, I think uh, uh, Vitek will play Old Dominion at home. So basically, mm. both teams should be four and zero heading to not tomorrow's this week's but next week's showdown in Lane Stadium, and that's mm-hmm. going to be a trip. That's going to be live. Now, if Clipson can pull that off, it's a wrap. It's it's a wrap. I don't see anybody beating them in the regular season. If they pull this off against Virginia Tech, because they get Florida State at home, and like in like in like late October, so I just no I they think, go to Florida State. That, no, they went to Florida State last year. They they actually did they Valley this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They okay. went to Florida State last year, so they come to Florida. Okay. So they, I'm sorry. They, so they come to uh, Death Valley this year. I think they play actually early November. Excuse me. Um, yes, the 11th. So, it's only 11th. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. Right before they, two weeks before they play South Carolina to end the season. Um, so yeah, Clemson is that squad again. And you know, time will tell. I mean, I mean, we might as well fast forward to Alabama, Clemson, the trilogy. We might as well just set that up right now because that's where everything's shaping out. That's the way it's looking. You're, you're right, but it. it they. they mm, I was going to throw the game against NC State and Raleigh into that mix as well. Because yes. that's point. a possibility. We don't. If if you're if you're Clemson, you don't want them to slip up 
at right. NC State the week before they play against Florida State. It's not to say right. that, you know, right now, looking at it on paper, you don't think that NC State's going to beat them, but they're still a good team. And a mistake or two here or there to ruin right. it for, for, for Clemson. But to, to go back to what happened last week against uh, Louisville, 15 possessions for for the Cardinals, 12 of those ended in punts. Right. Or or, 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 or ending in downs or, or end of the half. So that means six yeah. possessions where they didn't score points. Insane. As a matter of fact, one of those possessions yeah. ended in a pick six. So, right, right. I, I, I expected Clemson's defense to play well, but not that well. And I didn't expect Clemson's offense to play that well and score forty points against Louisville. Right. So, I, I, I'm completely shocked at what's going on down there in Death Valley. And, and like you said, I, I don't know. Alabama is, is traditionally known as having a stout defense and a run game. They don't have a pass game. And if Clemson go ahead and put eight in the box, stop that run game, we won't have a competitive yep. game like we had last year. This might be a mind whopping. And, 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 <laughs> and I don't know how they're going to handle it two years in a row. You know, uh, and losing losing the Clemson, this will be a situation where I think uh, certain people are, are, in the SEC are going to be in, in, in uh, on suicide watch. You know, so that'd be you're right. Cold red and cold black, or probably cold black. Shit, I mean, how yeah, how 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 much the SEC fan likes to beat his or her chest. You know, yeah, this time of year. And they deserve it. They deserve to do so. They they been exactly. And then the latter half of the B in the BCS era, they have what they played for all seven or eight. I forget what the number was. National championships and won most of them. Won all but one. So uh huh. No, they deserve it. They, they earned it. They earned it. It's just that to your point, it's going to be funny as hell if if they if it is a trilogy. And if Clemson does pull off and come in in convincing fashion, oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, Man, it's hilarious. But I would say this right quick before we move on. You were at NC State. My alma mater is very talented. We, we everyone knows how talented they are. I'm just still pissed off that we didn't beat South Carolina. I'm. I'll coach you that tomato can. He really is. Understandably so. I said, understandably so. I'd be upset too. Yeah, we should be 3 0. We had no damn business. We outgained those cats 2 to 1. Okay? But just turnovers, bad special teams play, and mm-hmm. they, they just didn't have them ready to play, and that's on the head coach. I'm sorry. So, um, you know. But uh, but you, you know to your point, I did I almost forgot that that game was before the Florida State game, and mm-hmm. Asian State they are just talented enough to pull that off, and they they have eight to nine win talent, but they have like seven to six to seven win intangibles. But you know, mm-hmm. but we'll see when the time comes. But yeah, they should have won that game last year in Death Valley. No business losing that game either. So, um, so we'll see. Probably entertaining as hell, but knowing my boys will probably fall in the face of those expectations once again. But <laughs> move along. Um, week two of the NFL. Lots mm-hmm. of noteworthy stuff to take hold of. I mean, you had the the shootout in Atlanta. You know, the Chris that new uh, uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium that mm-hmm. people don't knock off that they call a palace. Um, yes, I'm yes, I'm trolling. Uh, for Saints fans. Um, also, um, you know they, you know the that they, you know the new, like a New England show that they're not going anywhere when they curb stomp the Saints at their place. The person mm-hmm. owned by Tampa Bay, who I think is going to be one of those teams to watch out for, but something yeah. between all of those are the were the bad offensive play in some of these games. The the horrendous, or one could say, the offensive. Offensive play <laughs> uh, some of the games 
I mean, you look at Buffalo and Carolina, they scored oh. a grand total of 12 points. Nine to yes. three. I mean, what the hell? Nine to three. Okay. Then you go to, um, uh, let's see, uh, you, like, like you go to Seattle, and the final score oh. between the Seattle Seahawks is a terrible set for an team. 12 to nine. 12 yes. to freaking nine. Okay. Then you go back up a little bit more. Okay. You got the, the, the that that game. I mean, it's just, it's 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 just it just. Peace. Since I live in Cincinnati, I'm gonna say the best for last. That horrendous okay. display this past last Thursday night between Houston and Cincinnati. Oh. It was just it was just a horrible game. Andy Dalton was oh. like more Andy Dalton in the game than there, but I, I know you have some things to add to what you what stood out to you in week two, but it's 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 just amazing to me how we're seeing so much bad off, uh, offensive offensive football. It's just again, uh, you know, Packers and Falcons game notwithstanding, and mm-hmm. New England displays notwithstanding. And Tampa's, uh, uh, Tampa's and Denver's, but it's just bad offense. Yeah, I it's never remember being so bad. I can't remember a time, and I guess it's because I really haven't focused on it that much, and I guess yeah. no one's really paid that much attention to it. But right. yeah, this has been a lot of bad offensive football by a lot of teams that you wouldn't have expected to have bad offenses. When I start saying these names, you'd be like, their offense sucks? Cam Newton. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Yes. Eli right. Manning. Andy Dalton. You know, those four names right there alone, you, you'd be like, their offenses are sputtering? Yes, they are. It's sputtering glaringly. The one that I'm most surprised about, I guess, would probably be Cincinnati's especially with the addition of, of John Ross from, from uh, the University of Washington. But um, I guess when you're watching the play, you can see exactly why they're sputtering. But it's just been horrible, so much so to the point. I don't know if you saw this article or not, but uh, ESPN once again found a way to make a story about Colin Kaepernick, and I found it to be entertaining. But it actually had a very interesting fact in there about Kaepernick and the bad quarterback play. It was funny because the story was about bad quarterback play. And then there was a line in there that talked about Kaepernick and said that, you know, if you're questioning whether or not he needs to be playing, look at the stat and the stat that they talked about, and I think it's the stat I've talked about on on the show with you in terms of how I felt about Colin Kaepernick's uh, abilities. Which is yards per pass uh, attempt, and how it was ranked twenty third out of thirty two starters. It's pretty bad. But right. the other thing that they pointed out was the fact that of quarterbacks that are thirty and under, I think it's about fourteen of them. He is right. the only one. No, I think he's. No, I'm sorry. He's one of fourteen quarterbacks who never got a second opportunity to play for another team. And I think, if I remember correctly, 11 of those 14 guys uh, didn't get another opportunity due to injury, one being, one including uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But we don't know if Bridgewater's career is actually done yet because he hasn't come mm-hmm. back from this second setback, unfortunately. But the other three QBs in that situation that didn't get injured but never got a second opportunity – Johnny Manziel, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. Now, I say yeah. that that Cap is bad, but he's not that bad. But I'm not, <laughs> I digress about Cap. I digress right. about Cap because uh, that, that I'm, I'm almost tired of that subject right now. But the, 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 sure. the subject matter of bad QB play right now in the league, it's, it's interesting. Um. New York hasn't addressed that O-line situation in the past four years. I mean, this is something that they talked about in, in the media for four years. 
since the Super Bowl years, they've never replenished that great offensive line. And now Eli's throwing passes on his back. It's not helping out. And uh, they haven't helped that right game out yet. Cam, right. I don't know what's That's going on with Cam. I haven't had an opportunity to watch the Panthers yet, but Cam ain't putting up numbers. That bad old line out in Seattle, they got Russell Wilson running for his life. I'm surprised that, it's you know, it is. But you know what? Seattle always finds a way to start out slow. And by week five, right. week six, they turn it back on, and they end up looking like the Seahawks of usual. So I'm, that's the one team out of the four I'm not necessarily worried about. Plus, combine that with the fact that they play against the Rams and the uh, the, the 49ers and the way that the, the Cardinals are looking right now. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, Carson Palmer's another QB who's looking bad, but they're not. Yes, he is. They're, they're close, but they're not as bad as those other four teams that I've named. But they're real close. Right. It's, 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 I mean, I don't think Cam Newton would ever be that dude who will have be the most accurate guy in the room. He is mm-hmm. what he is. He's a yeah. bigger version of Michael Vick. That's, that's what he yeah. is. He has a better arm, but he's just as accurate as Michael Vick was. He's, he's, he's not super fast, but he's just a, he's a bigger version. I mean, he can run over you and mm-hmm. he can run around you. But he's, he's He's never going to be the in-the-pocket, super accurate guy. I mean, he missed two throws against, you know, because I would watch some highlights, some clips of it. He missed a, he missed Christian McCaffrey in the flat on, like, second, I think it was second or third and goal. Like, okay. on blank range. He overshot wow. him. Wow. It's all over YouTube or NFL.com. Overshot his ass. And then come back around, like, early, I think it was earlier or later in the game, he had one of the wideouts deep down the field, wide as open. Missed him by a mile. Overshot him. I mean, I know that Cam didn't play in the preseason because of his shoulder. He was trying to heal and rehab his shoulder. But you got to make those throws. If you're the, you a former MVP, you got to make those throws, man. Yes. You, you got to make those throws. And he's, he's not doing it. And, I, I, you know, it just makes you wonder what the hell is going to go on with the Panthers this season if, if he doesn't get together in week three against the Saints. Now, if he doesn't, because the Saints are just all around terrible. You and I mm-hmm. get 30 points for those boys. That's how bad they are defensively. And what, know, where am I playing? Day? Am I playing receiver? Am I playing QB? Where am I, where um, am I at? Shit, pick one. I mean, you could be a tight end. You could split out. I'll I take tight end. I'll take tight end. I'll take tight end. All right. I mean, I, I can interchange between quarterback, wide out, just have double the fantasy points. That's all right. <laughs> really um, but if, if they, if, if Cam Newton has a bad, and the Panthers have a bad offensive showing against the Saints, then you know you have a problem. You have a mm-hmm. problem. I think you have a problem see, right now the way they perform against the Bills. Yes, and that was a question I was going to ask you. It's kind of interesting that you brought it up because, like yeah. you said. He's two years removed from being the league MVP and having a right. phenomenal year passing the ball where he was passing right. at a high percentage and a high yardage. Maybe that shoulder is still banged up. We don't know. But another right. thing I almost completely forgot about, and I didn't want to put them in that category because they're young, they're still dealing with, with growing pains, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries as well, the Chicago Bears. I feel bad yeah. for my man Tariq Cohen because the receivers that they got out there are uh, falling like flies. It's almost like the living dead. Every time you turn around, another receiver <laughs> pops up, gone. And, and, and who else are they throwing the ball to? The receivers, are, like, they're down to the number three and the number four receiver. Um, and, and they're passing the ball mainly to Tariq and to the tight end. They really don't have any, and, and occasionally Jordan Howard. They really don't have any other offense out there. And when you can key your defense in on those players and don't necessarily have to yeah. worry about the wideouts, that's why that offense is bad. And you got Mike Glennon in there, you know, who's still – who had that one good season in Tampa, but he's still learning this offense that has a bunch of young players on it. So I feel bad for them. They're not really scoring a ton of points, but they at least look respectable against Atlanta. But this week with another receiver going down, 
it's going to be mm-hmm. a long season for Chicago offensively. But yeah, Cam, I, I'm I'm really concerned about Cam um, because I don't think he's 100. percent I really don't. If he's missing games like that, either. you know, it's it's problematic. It's crazy. It's very, very crazy. And again, this is this is the stubborn trend from him since the Super Bowl appearance, like two years ago. Yeah, it's just he's just trending down, and you just gotta yeah. wonder, man. You gotta wonder what's going on with him. Um, but you know, you, you know, I know if he gets on the field, he plays, he plays the heart out. But mm-hmm. if he's not hundred percent, and they, and if things go south on this season, you gotta wonder if you can gotta hold him out again. Because if you, 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 the season's meaningless, you can't let this ass get up, you know, for black for who, for what. So, there's mm-hmm. to see what's going to happen there. The last thing about week two, man, I mean, you talked about, like, the Bengals earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, Charles yeah. Barker was saying just horrible. They're just a terrible, terrible, terrible team. I mean, it's, it, it's, I mean, Andy Dalton is no scrub. He's been to, what, three or four Pro Bowls in his career? Uh-huh. Uh, at least. And, uh, yeah, at least. And, and he had a decent season last year, and like, like in a losing cause, they didn't make the playoffs. But, you know, they made the playoffs more times, more often than not, during Marvin Lewis's tenure as a whole, too, on top of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you heard about A.J. McCarron. The backup coming out on Jamie Dawson's behalf, which was affable of him, I guess, saying that you know it, it just does something good to them. They have such a great relationship. I understand that people going out there, uh, uh, Dawson. I mean, and I appreciate him taking up for his boy and his teammates and whatnot, but it's a hot mess in society. I mean, people are already on suicide watch. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that they, the fact that they have yet to score an offensive touchdown. A touchdown period. Um, after two games at home, two games yeah. at home, but have yet to score a touchdown. Offensively or defensively, for a matter of fact. They got shut out against Baltimore, and they held mm-hmm. a chair by Houston. It, they, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with them, man. I, I really don't know. I know the offensive line is the best. I mean, maybe that has something to do with it, but. They have times where, uh, like, skilled players, the running backs can't get on track. And, yeah. you know, or A.J. Green, he's out there on the island by himself. And the defense can't do it all. I mean, it's just terrible. This may be marvelous, like I said. I hate to say it because of the paucity of, of, of black hair coaches in, like, in the NFL. But he, he's probably, he needs to go, man. If he can't get together, if they start, they can easily start 0-4 or 5. He's got to go, man. Oh, if he and, goes on four, he, he's done. Yeah. yeah. If he goes on four, he's done. And you're right. right. I mean, I haven't watched a Cincinnati Bengal game yet this year. Thank God. Um you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But like you said, with all of that talent on the offensive side of the ball, there's two things that have to be wrong. It's either the quarterback is, is just horrible or the O-line is horrible. And they're not giving him time to do what he needs to do. So I, I guess I'm going to have to go ahead and unfortunately take a peek in, you know, this Sunday since, um, you know, my skins don't play until late on, on, on Sunday night and, and see exactly what's going on. I want to do some investigation. I want to see what's going on with a lot of these bad QBs that I haven't had an opportunity to watch this year. I've had my fill of Chicago. I've seen enough of – well, I've seen a little bit of New York. But – um. Yeah, some of these other QBs, I want to go ahead and take a look on. And since we're talking about bad QBs, it was kind of ironic. Uh, and I guess we'll touch on it a little bit later because there's still some more stuff from week two I want to talk about briefly. But, um, yes, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you, you, your boy sent out a tweet real, um, at the end of week one saying that, you know, I see there's a whole lot of bad QB play out here. You know, I'm still available. And that's talking about one Robert Griffin III. But oh, I, I, like I said, that's later. One yeah, thing we right, haven't talked about, right. well, two things real quick that we haven't talked about, since we've already talked about the bad and the ugly, let's talk about the good. The Detroit Lions, yeah. I'm completely oh, shocked yeah. by them. Great 2-0. You know, beating two teams who I thought would be playoff contenders this year. Right. And they've done it handily. And, and I want to know which Detroit Lions team 
is real. I guess we'll find out this week coming up. But um, also, talking about tough times, the mm-hmm. AMC West. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I had the three of, of those teams in my top four past mm-hmm. week in terms of my NFL uh, power rankings. And if not for a young hoe, the, the Chargers probably will be better than what they are right now. They can right. very easily be 2-0 and instead mm-hmm. of 0-2. Uh, uh, but right. the, 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 my God, the Broncos, Molly Watt, Dallas, which was fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was great to watch, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even your boy Zeke gave up. And I, I want to hear yeah. that that uh, that discussion between Zeke, not Zeke, but a uh, discussion between uh, uh, Michael Irvin and, and, and LaDainian Tomlinson about LaDainian saying that Zeke gave up. I want to hear what Michael Irvin's beef is about that situation. Dude, your boy gave mm. up. He, he, he didn't even make a, an attempt to make the tackle on the play. Give it up. Right. Um, right. Who else? The, the Chiefs with two quality wins over the Patriots and the Eagles. Fantastic yeah. so far this year, and, and the Raiders beating teams that they're supposed to beat and beating them badly. That's why I'm a right. little concerned about my skins facing them this Sunday night. I don't I don't know if I'm necessarily sold yet on the on the, the Raiders D, but that offense, as usual, is finding ways to score, and they don't need a whole lot out of Marshawn, but what they're getting right. out of them has still been quality. Exactly. 30 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's he's over age average of four, a little over four yards a carry. Not bad for mm-hmm. a dude who set out all last year. Not bad yeah. at all. Meanwhile, Michael Crabtree's ball, 12 receptions, 162 yards, three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Their car is blowing up the spot, as usual. Um, but one game I do have my eye on next week, this coming Sunday, is you mentioned them earlier. Detroit hosting Atlanta. We're going to see if, how real Detroit is. Because the mm-hmm. Falcons look like they're, they're that squad against last year. And they look like they're playing a chip on the shoulder. With, with the chippers on the show after that choke job in the Super Bowl. But if mm-hmm. they're, they're both coming in 2 0, it's in Detroit, and the 1 o'clock kickoff, we're going to see how real Detroit is. If Detroit, yeah. even, even even if they lose in a competitive fashion, we've got to take note, okay? we got to take note. But we're going to see again. I mean, I think the Falcons are going to win that. But I, I think it's, 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 it's a litmus test for the Lions. It's an early litmus test. Because if it, 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 they perform well, even in the losing cause, they perform well, you got to look out. you got to keep your eye on Detroit from here on out. Mm -hmm. Completely agree I have them ranked in my top 8 And and the game And and the way that they've looked They've they've played balanced football Uh, uh, Of course they can't run the ball But they've Done it effectively Defense has played well You know And And and, 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 um, God I'm Stafford has played extremely well at the, at the QB spot. So it's going to be real interesting to see them play in the dome against a, a fast-track team. Right. It's going to be a lot of offense in this game. It's going to be a lot, lot of offense in this game. So I, I, I may have to peek in on that game, too, to see what's going on with it. I might have, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to go to my, my usual watering hole this Sunday to go check out <laughs> these games so I can go ahead and catch them all in right now, real quick. Right. There you go. I mean, hell, maybe, maybe. I mean, my birthday is this Saturday, so maybe the NFL will give me a a, a belated present Sunday. Better on Christmas ah. play. Who knows? Yes. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, but but yeah, but so that that's a litmus test game. By the way, one 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 quick note. I I know that people are ranking the teams and everything. I typically don't rank teams on the first quarter season over after week four because it's hard for me to see that a good handle on how just how good or how bad well really how good some of these teams are after mm-hmm. three three weeks. I have a better idea after three and better much better idea after four. 
But you know, I know yeah. the people who came out what came out and said, Yo, where are Rangers, man? This is too different place for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I, I mean, as the Vikings. They saw what four or five and oh and didn't even make the playoffs. So Exactly. I mean, you never know. You you really never know. So that's why I give myself at least a quarter of the season to pass before I uh, make any type of uh, like picks assessment or, or rankings, yeah. I should say. Yeah, we're going for. But but one more thing, just to wrap up the interview, I just put a little red ball. You mentioned them earlier. RG three, like Santana Moss. Well, you, I'm sure you know about the Brooklyn DC. Well, on the radio oh, yeah. show, officially called out RG three for his role in Shanahan's Mike Shanahan's firing, and he still didn't like it. Several years later, and the, the most telling part about this is apparently Moss and RG3 were boys. And kind well, of, RG3, yeah. well, like, okay, well, you, you're much closer than I am, but just just going from the tea leaves, trying to read the tea leaves here, and just, and, 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 and you know, in, in, in his tweets defending himself, RG3, that is. Now, uh-huh. I'll say this. I'll say this. I think, I mean, it's too, I mean, I can go at it on both sides. First of all, um, RG3 has a whole lot to do with what went wrong in Washington. Given his ego his insecure, and his insecurities get the best of him in the end. What, mm-hmm. what would have been a great thing for his team and, your, and the fan base, including you, okay? I thought he mm-hmm. was, would have been, a, should have been a good thing. Yes. That. On the other hand, Look, I get what St. Thomas Moss is doing. I get what he's. I know. I get what he's saying. He's still bitter from the fact that RG three, in his eyes, ruined a good, ruined what was potentially a very good thing, a potentially great thing. But it's been years, man. You, some, you just gotta let it go. It is what it is. It was done. It's done. I mean, you yeah. can't cry over spilled milk. I mean, for me to say, okay, I wasn't even close to the situation. Didn't even play for the organization, obviously, but. I mean, it's like you gotta move on. I think you just gotta. I mean, you're not gonna change it. You can't change the past. I mean, True. Granted, I, think, I get if he was just asked, just asked a question. I think he just volunteered it actually. But um, I mean, some things you know, you just gotta just say, hey, it's happened. Still bitter about it. I mean, he's obviously still bitter about it. He's been thinking about it for a long time for him to come out and say it the way he said it. You know what I mean? He yeah. Just fought, fought the pants with with it. He was he was chewing on this, chewing this for years, man. I'm pretty sure yeah. he was. And he, I'm sure he wasn't the only one who's been chewing on this for years. But oh yeah, oh um, god, he's not the only one. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not. But I mean, <laughs> again, I mean, I get, I get, I see, I get what Santana Moss is coming from, but some things you gotta let go. You can't change it. It, it happened. You know, what's done is done. And, that's messed up it yeah. is for me to say. It's got to move on. Well, let me go ahead and paint it from my perspective. Because I was okay. listening to the show when it happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, Santana shows up. The matter of fact, the name, the name of the show is, because I'm going to go ahead and say it since ESPN didn't. And, and you know, and that's been part of the beef as well, kind of comically. Uh, uh-huh. Chad Dukes versus the world comes on uh, 2 to 6 every day. Monday through Friday in D.C. or on 106.7, the fan. Huge fan of the show, I am. Matter of fact, you know, Chad and I have, have interacted. He's actually shouted me out on, on radio several times by asking right. questions, making comments. Because we're, we're one and the same. It's just that he's white, I'm black. That's about it. Mm-hmm. He's a huge fan of Cookout. You know, he used to like wrestling. Huge Skins fan. Oh, wow. Likes big booties. So it's, it's like we're one and the same almost. So I, 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 I get him. I get him. But, you know, when he had Santana on there, a lot of times they like, with him being a, a big Skins fan, they like talking about old skin stuff. And a lot of times when fans come on, they always ask Santana about old skin stuff. And the one that, right. you know, they always like come calling in and talking about is the Monday night game when Santana and Mark Brunel connected for two touchdowns late to beat the Cowboys. One of my favorite moments even though I missed it completely because I fell asleep when that game thinking it was over. But I digress. <laughs> so, after about four or five calls about, you know, people talking about the Dallas game, they went to commercial break. 
And, but before they went to commercial break, of course, they were laughing about the amount of people that called and asked about the Cowboy stuff. So my guess is Chad must have asked Santana about something dealing with Griffin before they went back on air. Yeah. And Santana told Chad the story before they came back on air. So if, like, mm-hmm. if you listen to the interview from the beginning, Santana says, you know, because Chad basically asked him, you know, why don't you go ahead and, and, and tell him what we talked about during the break. He was like, eh, maybe not. Maybe I'll t- save it for Thursday or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of jokingly laughed about it or whatever, and, and Chad was a little jokingly upset. But Chad kind of went ahead and told the story. He's like, yeah, you know, we're talking about, you know, RG3 and blah, 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 and, and the situation with um, – uh, 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 RG3, RG3 and, and how basically, uh, you know, Robert didn't want to uh, do the plays that, that the Shanahan's had called. I guess he went up to uh, to, to Dan Snyder, talked about it, and, and eventually the Shanahan's got fired. And mm-hmm. afterwards, Robert Griffin had this air about him as if to say, Nobody better say nothing to me, or that's what's going to happen to you. Mm. So when Jay Gruden was hired, I don't know if you remember, but Jay was going off on everybody year one. He went off right. on little Bob, talking about how Bob wasn't ready and had to bench him. Went off on Kirk Cousins, because Cousins wasn't looking good in replacement of Bob. Put in your boy uh, Colt McCoy, you know, and it was to a point where – I was scared because I didn't know what they were going to do at the quarterback spot. But they put in Kurt. Right. Kurt eventually got better. We all were we all with that. But mm-hmm. people were surprised that Jay talked to to Bob the way that he did, and he actually liked it. He's like, "Hey, I, I got to tell it like it is." So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, everybody thought that Jay may have gotten handled and dealt with because of it, but he didn't. So. You know, people were su- were surprised that all that went down and, and Bob got cut, but it, it was just this air of cockiness that I made that happen. That can happen to you if it happens mm-hmm. if you if you come across it the wrong way. And the thing is, the story I think the first time that story has been told. Uh, Chris Cooley has said the same thing, and others that have been in the D.C. area media have come up and said similar things of that ilk. So yeah, it's it's just interesting, it's, and that's the thing too. Because if you paid attention to Santana and his, and his appearances on the show, they were cool, but they were boys. Like if you if you let Santana tell it, he preferred to have Kirk playing QB because Kirk could throw the long ball. Kirk could put right. the ball where it needed to be for Santana right. to make plays, <clears throat> and Bob couldn't. So that's why he, he liked certain QBs better than he liked Robert. Matter of fact, it was one day, I, I think it was on Chad Dukes versus the World, they asked him to rank the QBs he played with in order of like the most and like the least, just based on play. And I think Bob was last. Yeah. Because he couldn't make the plays. By throwing the deep ball, which I, I completely understand. If if, if you can't do, because that was one of the things he talked about too during Tuesday. He was like, you know, people were right. talking about me not being in the right spot or, or not doing what I need to do. It was like, dude, if you look at the tape, it's not me. The, they couldn't get the ball to me. He just he just couldn't accurate accuracy wise get the ball to me, and that was problematic, and it made me look bad. So I mean I understand yeah. he was just he was just telling a story, and he was telling it from his perspective. But I was just shocked that it blew up the way that it did, and I guess it blew yeah. up because Bob decided to respond. If Bob probably right. don't respond, and the way that Bob responded, which is hilarious too, was to do it via Twitter because he knows that Santana Moss doesn't use Twitter. Santana vehemently talk, talks about how he doesn't use Twitter, so he he responds via Twitter. Knowing that Santana wouldn't do anything on Twitter, that was that was that was retarded. <laughs> but 
But yeah, I was just shocked that this situation is is talking about four guys, three of them right. which are no longer even in the NFL, but yet it's big time news. I I couldn't understand it. Well, I mean, again, I mean, I mean, just think about this. I don't want to spend too much time on Bob Griffin um, mm-hmm. or DG three, I guess. But I mean, the fact that I mean, we all knew. It's public record that that Shanahan did not want. I mean, people think that he just flouted one Bob Griffin, but I guess it was more or less he didn't want to trade all those picks just to swap places. You know, what I mean? no. he didn't want to mortgage his team's draft just for one guy because the owner Danny Boy Snyder wanted him to, mm-hmm. which is another reason why. You know the, the difference between the successful organization, organizations in sports and those that are not. Owners tend to let the football people make the football decisions and just stay the hell in their lane. But that's a podcast for mm-hmm. um, But at any rate, but even then, despite all of that, despite being coached with one hour type out of set because of Danny Boy Snyder. He tried to make it work. He and his son went down to Baylor, talked to Art Browse about bringing that janky-ass offense, that read option, and learn mm-hmm. about it. Because we all know that Shanahan is a West Coast system guy, post-guy yes. guy. He normally has nothing, would have nothing to do with the read option. But he mm-hmm. did it anyway because it knew, he knew that was it, RG3 skill set, and he did a good job by not – Showing it in the preseason, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, in the preseason games, even in practice, even in the training camp. I spent a day at training camp with a buddy of mine, and, and as well as myself, who was two years old, watching him when we were living in DC at the time. No one had any clue that the beat was was coming out. That was just clandestine out of the past, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it took everybody by surprise, and and that led to a rookie of the year campaign. But during the mm-hmm. campaign, I know you, you recall this, when Bobby Griffin fell, when Bob fell to slide, a great athlete that he was, he never learned how to slide against stuff out of trouble, but he didn't yeah. slide, got ran down by a 350-pound uh, loading data, got his mm-hmm. knee whiplashed, okay, Oof. and had to miss next week's game. When he noticed how Kirk Curse's was balling that next game against Cleveland. He was balling. Yeah. I, know you, I know you remember this. He was balling. Oh, yeah. I don't, remember, I don't remember they won or lost or not, but he was they balling. They won. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. They won. I wasn't so sure. But as soon as Robert, old Bob saw that, he rushed himself back in. Doing good damn well. He had no business playing the following week because mm-hmm. he let his ego and his insecurities get in the way. Instead oh, of doing what's best for him and his long-term help with the team, he was, yeah. he was all about Brandon, man. He was all about, you know, and then we all don't have it to him in the playoffs against Seattle. Um, and, you know, he wanted to – the coaches wanted wanted him to rehab throughout the season, throughout the off season, and come back at a slow pace. He was like all in week one. That's the best campaign yeah. with Subway. Um, mm-hmm. and, and before all that, he and his daddy had a nerve to show their asses up to Redskin Park and demanded the Shanahan's in front of Dan Snyder to change your offense around because they want to be like a man. Yeah, pocket. we don't we don't want to run not, those plays. Right. They don't yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Basically they came in demanding the football people. Mike, yeah. they came in demanding them. And what's messed up about about that is Bob, Bob's dad is a member of the military. He should know better about protocol. Do mm-hmm. not to do stuff like that. Oh, to, to step out of his lane like that. That's not his jurisdiction. That's not his area of expertise. I mean, come on. I mean, a, a helicopter dad for, to a grown-ass man. Come on. Yeah. That's, that's just, that was just terrible. And, 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 and it's horrifying everyone in the room, including the owner himself. Because they knew there was going to be a disaster. They knew mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. So, again, again, I get what that time was for Phyllis. I'm mad for him. Hell, I'm mad right now. I'm not even a Washington fan. 
but the thing is, is I mean, what good is it doing him, him being Santana to bring it up? Uh, I know he, he was talking about off off camera, off 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 the air. I understand that, and and the whole Chad Dukes wanted him to bring it up. I, I get he was responding to that, but just let it go. I mean, it's I mean, it's only going to give him a better angle. You know, yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. You know? That's that's the sad part about it is well, one one thing about that whole thing that you missed after the Browns game, immediately after the Browns game, Bob had a press conference. Um, I don't think right. you remember that. Bob held that's his right. own press conference saying that he will be back the following week. I was like, oh come on, really, dude? But yeah, the, the, that's the thing, and, and Chad knows this. Is the fact that for the, that, that love is still. Matter of fact, somebody called in today or on the radio show while Santana was there and talked about how much he still loves little Bob. I'm like, Bob been gone for a couple of years now, and, and you and you still really you still hold that flame. But he understands how much Bob moves the needle still to this day, and I guess that's why he set Santana up for that knowing that Santana is, is still emotional about it. So that's why I don't blame Santana. You would hope yeah. that Santana would kind of could have, would have kind of done a little bit better about that, but I think he did as well as he could have in the circumstances right. in terms of answering the question or talking about what they talked about. Um, yeah, he he knew. He, he did what he could for good radio. And I Excuse me, I don't blame him. But the way that it was just glazed over, even after it was done here in the local media, it was like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. But when the tweets came out, that's when you knew it was a big deal. And then when it hit ESPN the next morning, you I knew it was a big deal. So I was like, uh, you know, I'm just glad that there are other things they're not talking about the bad football play right now, which is fantastic because they're not playing. They just came off a big win. But, you know, if Bob is all you're talking about and you're not talking about turmoil within the team, I'll take that because they're not even, they're not even yeah. in the office no more. I'll take that. Right. But I'm just surprised that there's still a, a clamoring for it. But I digress. Well, you know, that's – you know, it's entertainment, man. Yeah. Sports journalism, entertainment. That's it is what mm-hmm. it is, brother. It is what it is. One last thing, I'll get you out here on this, bro. We heard about. Uh, I know you're something similar. I texted you this this morning. Yes. Earlier, I should say earlier this afternoon. Was Andre Ward decided to retire from boxing? I mean, mm-hmm. he. Oh, so I, I was shocked. I, I didn't see it. I didn't watch the clip on, on um, uh, what the hell is that show? Oh, first take. When he announced mm-hmm. his retirement, but what what was his record like? Thirty two and zero. I don't have the like thirty two and zero. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. But he, I mean, the saddest part about this is that I didn't get to see him fight, and I'm very sad about that because I mean, mm. he's a young guy, but he wasn't promoted as much, in my opinion, as not as, as not obviously not as much as Floyd Mayweather, but not as no much as Canelo and Triple G. Um, you know, and they're just, and, you know, and, and you know, I did, in a triple G, the middleweight, and I know that, um, like, what was what? He was a light, was he a lightweight? Was he a lightweight or he wasn't a light heavyweight? He's not that big, but I think, was he, I think it was a lightweight. Um, but, but anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track here, but the point is, is that, you know, he was one of those unsung, I don't want to call him underrated because he was like, he unified the belts in the, in the lightweight division. But, dude was the truth. He was the truth, man. And not a lot of people knew about him. I mean, yeah. outside, of the boxing, outside of the boxing fans, the, the fanatics, of course, I mean, no one, I mean, because he beat Sergey Kovalev, who's a damn good fighter. Uh-huh. I mean, he beat, I know he 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 he. It was a unanimous decision the first time they fought, which was controversial in many corners. But he he got he whooped his ass the second time around. Yeah. And you know, I mean, 
and, you know, again, well, Kovalev is, what, 32, I mean, 30, 30 wins, two defeats, one draw, 26 knockouts. He's not a squad. Uh-huh. Not by at all. Any means, but Ward made him ordinary. He made him like a, just another dude. But I still have to say this. I mean, Ward lost the Zada fight, and Ward is still a young boy. He's 33 years old. And, mm-hmm. you know, in addition to being 32, no, he's 16 for a knockout. Um, but, and also, he had a great cameo in uh, Creed, the movie Creed. Great, great cameo. Ah, that's great, right. Great yes. He was a great spot. Um, but, you know, you know, he just, I think he's, I, I take him over Floyd Mayweather as the best pound for pound fighter. I mean, he, he could do it all. He, he, he and you know he can outlast you. He can mm-hmm. outpoint you. He can knock your yeah. ass out. And it's too bad that we won't get. To, I won't be getting. That we won't get to see more of war. Maybe hell, you know, you got a lot of boxes coming out in time. That's a bit many fights. So maybe this yeah. not the last we'll see of him. But I'm just going just taking by his word right now. I'm I'm going to be very sad. That I won't get to see him fight going forward because he was a hell of a fighter. And yes, he was. That's a hell of a legacy. He's leaving a hell of a legacy behind for the other fighters to live to his own pound or what have you across all divisions. But, yeah. This, this, this but, Shed, you know, man, I, and it's just too bad that he's going to walk away from while he's still in his prime. Exactly. You know, only 32, but he's still relatively young, even for, for um, professional sports, especially within boxing. Um, I've seen several of his fights, and you're right. He, even though he, he was a fantastic boxer, for whatever reason, Andre Ward didn't have that flash of a Mayweather, of a Triple right. G, you know, um, of a Gotti. He, well, not Gotti, but um, Cotto. He, for whatever reason, outside of the boxing realm, his name didn't ring out, even though he's a fabulous fighter. And I just thought it was mm-hmm. real arrogant of Kovalov to, to say the day that Ward retired because of him. What did he do? He whooped his ass twice. He beat you down. Uh, he beat you down for 20 rounds, beat you twice, but he retired because of you because he didn't want to fight you a third time. Really? Okay. I guess. Oh, yeah. I guess if, if, if – look, I get that Kovalev was probably bad about the first fight and probably thought yeah. he should have won it. But he got his ass whooped the second time around. He got, yeah. he, got, he, got not, he got knocked out. I mean, that's not, not just not that, not the hell out. He's going to yeah. be chirping. Man, please, just man, sit your ass down. Sit down. <laughs> have, have, a, have a seat at 205. I mean, because it, he, 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 be careful what, what, I mean, he should be careful what he wishes for. War may come out of time and whoop his ass again. Yeah. <laughs> so... so he might want to just shut the hell up with that. Just, just have a tall, warm glass and shut the hell up. And just have a coconut smile and go home. Uh, because, I mean, yeah. There's no, no more that needs, needs to be said about that. But nevertheless, I'm going to miss Ward. I'm going to write a little something about him later on tonight, not early tomorrow. And I'll show him some love and just let, and just let that be. But um, to my in my in my view, he's the most he's the best pound for pound fighter I've seen in quite some time. And yes, I'm looking at you for a minute. And one more thing, um, Ward was a light heavyweight. He was a light heavyweight. So ah, okay. So yes, so there you go. Um, so yeah, the hell is my phone? Let me know that I have 10 percent battery left. Tell them right things up. That's a science that man, shut the hell up and get on. Get on. <laughs> Go to bed, but uh yeah, but we'll see, man. well maybe maybe we'll get some I, I know there's some duds this weekend in college football, but I'm looking forward to next week. Clemson, Vontag. Hell, maybe the offense will be better this this uh this, this coming weekend. Hell the Rams score twenty seven points so far. Who knows? <laughs> but uh We'll see. But anyway, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. We'll, 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 no we'll problem. talk next week. Yes, and happy thank early you. birthday. I know I'm... Oh, thank you, man. Miss, miss, miss the mail on there. Oh, 
got, 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 he got called, but my bad on that one. But anyway, uh, I'll hit you up on social media, bro. But anyway, yeah, I'll be 44 this weekend. Uh, I just want to just watch sports be left alone like I always do every year. It's my birthday fall change time of year. But nevertheless, thank y'all for tuning in to the clown. This is Scott Burke. Sound off over six. Have a good night. Peace.